You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, yo. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens where the mother lies. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens where the mother lies. Welcome back to another incredible episode of the number one real estate podcast in the freaking world. The world, okay. This is Rants and Gems. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, but I'm better known as NG the Mortgage Guy. And my name is Kiana Watson. I am broker extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Okay. okay. License number 317-576, okay? And we are super excited about today's episode. Man, look, we got my guy, one of my bros. My man Chris Senegal, aka Investor on Instagram. Chris is—I like to call him the Mayor of Houston. No, he—he—he he, he deserves that. No, he, he definitely deserves does deserve that. He deserves. This it. is my guy. When I come to Houston, he makes sure I'm good. Listen, we were on he a rolls platform. out the red carpet. We were on a platform together. I said, "Oh, you know, here yeah. I'm talking about. I want to build a house or two. He's like, "Yeah, so I built a block." I said, yeah. "Oh, this is who." This is who Chris is. He, ki- he killed InvestFest. <laughs> he did. Right? Killed InvestFest, gave so much information. It was incredible. Um, I've been to his properties in Houston um, a couple years ago. Quality there, right? Super quality. Yes. And he's going to come on here. He's going to give our audience a lot of gems on how he started, right, um, in the business and how he's built from being a house flipper to now a commercial real estate developer. So if you guys have those aspirations, now, let me warn you. These are high-level conversations. <laughs> Strictly for live men, not for <laughs> freshmen, okay? This ain't for the freshmen. This is like the equivalent of getting a PhD, all right? So this is going to be a tremendous episode. So you guys, I need you guys to get a pen and pad because he's going to break down so much information on how you guys get started with building the block and doing commercial real estate. You don't want to miss any of this. Not one drop. They exactly. really need to tune in. And you want to learn these high-level conversations. Commercial, do you know someone that looks like us that's truly out here building and developing commercial property? I know that he was the first person I was actually able to speak to mm-hmm. that looks like us that's doing it. So I'm excited about And willing to share the information. And he's willing to share his information. So we want everyone to win. Like at the Ransom Gym Show, we're not just giving you this information so, so you can take it. Take notes and execute at your level of comfort. Yes. Because again, this is high level. High level. But we look forward to this episode. Look, so after this brief commercial break, we're going to come back with Chris, and he's a certified gin dropper. So stay tuned, and we'll be back in a minute. See you soon. All right, so today's episode is sponsored by Andre Barad of Yes to Real Estate based in Houston, Texas. Listen, Andre's my guy. Um, He's a realtor, investor, developer of residential real estate. He's on track to close about $20 million in real estate. So if you're a real estate agent, you know $20 million, especially in a market like Houston, Texas, is not an easy thing. 
all right? Um, Andre and the Yester Real Estate team, they do deals every single day. They're working with hardworking folks and turn them into successful investors. New builds, townhomes, fix and flips, commercial properties, they do it all. So if you're looking to buy real estate in the Houston, Texas market, make sure you hit up Andre Barad and his team. Go to yestorealestateteam.com for more information. All right, guys, so we back from that small commercial break. Shout out to Andre Barad. We appreciate the support of Rants and Gems. And we got our special, special guest. I like to call this man the mayor of Houston, my brother, Chris Senegal. Appreciate Thank it, you man. for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. I'm honored to be here. Man, we're honored to have you. You are a freaking mogul, and <laughs> yeah. I know you're busy, right? So I appreciate <laughs> you flying out from Houston to Wakanda to be with us here at Rants and Gems. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. To Thank be you. Here. So let's start this thing off. Mm-hmm. When did you fall in love with real estate? About a year after I got out of college and I got that good corporate job that everybody told me I should get. Mm-hmm. Everybody said be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Thought I was taking a shortcut because engineer was four years. Where did you go to school? Southern University. Shout out to Southern University. Best HBCU in the country. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to debate this right now, <laughs> but okay. Keep continuing. Yeah. So I got in that corporate world and I was like, man, I'm making this amount of money. I'm doing this. My boss ain't happy. My boss's boss ain't happy. I've been sold a dream. So I started reading books and when I realized that I had to get out. Real estate just kept coming up over and over and over. It's a great way for first generation of wealth to be created. And so that's how I got into real estate, man. So from there, there's been a level of fear that I've never stopped. And how long you been in the game so far? Since 2008. Since 2008. All right. So you're not no rookie to this. I'm not. I'm not. I started. You started at the worst time right, in the, life. That's, that's, what I was well, say. that's the worst time. You know what? You know what? Not for the investors, though. Not, not, not for the investors. Everybody not for the investors. Losing their ass, basically. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of opportunity there. And actually, the first deal I got was from the home investors franchise. They had bought so much inventory, they couldn't even liquidate mm-hmm. the inventory. Really? Yeah. Talk to us about that first deal. Yeah. Okay, so first deal. So all about networking, right? So my line brother ended up was working for them. He was their property manager in the hood in Houston. He was the one going to collect the rents. Um, but they had so much inventory, they couldn't even, they didn't have enough money to, to flip it, to sell it, to for anything. So the first deal I got was them actually bringing $7,000 to the table for me to take the property out of their hands. Mm. I still had to go get the hard money loan, which is you know really expensive, short-term money. Um, and I didn't have the cash, but I did have a 401k for my job that I could borrow again. Okay. Right. So I said, man, look, I'm not about to wait till I'm 60 to tap into this money. Let me go ahead and try to leverage it now and see if it can help me get in a better position so I can get out of this job. Okay. That's what I did. So I, I took everything I had in there, it was like 14 grand, used that for my down payment, my cushion to make my monthly payments on the, on the hard money interest loan. And so I got the first deal done. Damn, so you wow. borrow from yourself basically. Basically borrow from yourself, yeah, because when you borrow against it, mm-hmm. you know, it's still your money. You yep. pay it back to yourself with like a 2% interest rate. Absolutely. It's all going back to you. You know, and I tell them, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Yeah. Because I tell people all the time, you've been working at your job for decades. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have all this money you've been contributing to your retirement account, mm-hmm. but you're looking at it as it's retirement. No, right. it's your money. Right. Right? Use that money to leverage your life because mm-hmm. you can't depend on, mm-hmm. even if it's two, 300000 when you retire, mm-hmm. that's not enough money to it's live not, a good, decent not, life. But if not. you can take 50% of that and leverage that, yeah. you know, you can live the life that yeah. you really want when you retire. Right. And what most people don't realize is about that. You think it's some mystical machine you put your money in. It's not. Yeah. It's somebody making a decision on what to do with your income. Absolutely. Correct. And whether they make money or lose money, they still get paid they still managing get paid. your money. Absolutely. So your best bet is to bet on yourself. Those management fees don't decrease. They don't. Never. They, don't. <laughs> they don't decrease Never. at they all. Don't. So I think that was a really smart play. Mm-hmm. You know, 13, 14 years later, mm-hmm. now, you know, you're going from borrowing from your 401k mm-hmm. to raising funds to right. develop commercial property. Right. I think we just went, we just sped right past. We the really whole did. I know. Like, I got, you know, I'm so excited about this episode right now. My bad, Kiana. My bad. We sped right past it. Okay. Now you got your first house. Let me sit back and take a sip of this. Can we, you know, the people want to know, and I know so many people that want to get into development. So now you did your first flip, you use your money, you use that money. So how did you go from there? One house, Mm-hmm. to doing developments like what was that first development how did that look like for you so i stayed in that same space for five years okay so until 2013 i was still doing the same thing but then i kind of got bored with it and what i realized was like people would ask me how can i get into it and i'm thinking about all the risk i took and at that right. point in time all my co-workers got friends that that are married they got kids 
you know, they got personal responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So their circles weren't able to, to tap into that. So I was like, I got to get reset. Let me figure out something else. And then something that I, was always bothering me that we never really talked about was gentrification mm. in our own neighborhood. You know, and so the people I knew, even the builders and the other black investors, they all just took it as, as part of the game. That's what we got to do. That's how we make our money. But then I started realizing that's because we're all taught from people from outside the community. Mm. Right. So I said, well, let me hear reset. Let me figure it, let's see if I can figure this out. And I started talking to all the intellectual, uh, Ivy League educated black people. They all had the same story. It's everybody wants to be a debater and historian, but nobody wants to solve a problem. Mm. So for me, I was like, I'm about to figure out a way to solve this problem. So in 2013, I was like, well, how can I start controlling bigger parcels of land instead of doing this one house at a time thing? Right. And uh, what ended up happening was another opportunity came about where a guy that inherited an entire block of property from his dad, this is in Fifth Ward, in the Black Fifth Ward, his dad owned 26 blocks in wow. that neighborhood. And this guy had a couple of them, and he was ready to sell one of them. So then I realized, okay, that's the shortcut. Instead of me trying to go out and find all this stuff, let me find these heirs that don't want to continue to own this property and let me take control of it. So that's the first step to get into development is site control, right? Mm. Because what, uh, people may not really understand what a developer does. A developer is the one that takes something from an idea and puts it in a position for the builder to be able to build on it or another investor to be able to buy it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the, it could be a brand new blank slate. It could be uh, an acre of land with trees on it yeah. or, or grass and nothing there. Or it could be an old abandoned building that needs to be repurposed to be reused. Re something. The developer does that first part and takes okay. the biggest risk changing that. And so for me, that's like, okay, I want to play that role. So that first block I bought, I inherited from a guy who was an old abandoned grocery store, some drug houses, mm -hmm. and um, couldn't get financing for it, of course. I got a corporate job making $80,000 a year. He won half a million for the property. There's absolutely no reason a bank would see any value in it because yeah. there's no activity around it. But then what I realized also is relationships and talking to people is how you're going to get a deal done. Absolutely. In Absolutely. So instead of me asking the bank to give me money, I went to him and I'm like, I want to turn you into the bank. You want 500000 There's no way for me to value that, but this is what I'll do. I'll bring you 10% now and then you, I'll, you accept payments over time for the rest. Because in my head, I'm like, it's right by downtown. I can see downtown skyline. If I spread this out for 30 years, surely the 500 I'm agreeing to now in 10 years will be worth 800, 900,000. So it's almost like a partnership in a way. Absolutely. But it's a creative way to get it, get, get control S of the land. Seller financing. Seller right. financing. That's what it is. Seller mm -hmm. financing. So 10% down. Now I control it. Now I literally bought the block in 2013 before it was a trendy catchphrase. Yeah. Right? Ah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And then I realized. But once you control the land, now you have the, the ability to do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I implemented what I call a success triangle, right? So it's three things you need to be successful in anything. Number one, you need the knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. Number two, you need opportunity. Number three, you need the money. Facts. But school always taught us we had to have all three. Yeah. Yes. My shortcut was realizing I'm coming to the table with one. I got the opportunity. Let me go find the other two. So now I got to find somebody with knowledge and experience that knows how to do development, how to take something from where it is, wipe it clean, and start over. Kind of get like a mentor, so to yeah, speak. a mentor, right, mm -hmm. right. It could, it could be a mentor, it could be a consultant. However, you, however you find that person that's got that knowledge, you need them on your team. And then once you have the opportunity and you got the knowledge and experience, the mentor, or the consultant, whatever, then it's a lot easier to go get the money. Absolutely. Because they're not asking you questions; they're looking at you and the team you've assembled and saying, "Okay, this makes sense. Let me put some money in this." Right. So that's how I got into development. Consultant fees for development. Mm -hmm. How much do they typically charge, the average consultant? Uh, a lot of them will charge between 2 and 6% of the total deal. Those are like what you call fee developers. Okay. All they do is help you develop the entire plan. They don't take any risk, though. They don't put up any money. They don't do any of that in that part. Okay. Um, but my first project, what I did was instead of going to a true developer, I went to another builder that was building for like, a nonprofit organization, so he's building 30, 40 houses at a time. Uh -huh. His schedule was very busy. Of course. Um, so I had, I had the experience, though. Yeah. He had experience. He had experience. So I had to buy his time. Mm. So the first, the agreement we agreed on is like, I'm, I'm going to pay you ten thousand dollars to show me how to get to square one to get construction started, and um, you're going to give me all of your resources, the architects you usually work with, you know, the realtors you work with, and you know, help me formulate the plan. And if I'm successful we'll credit that 10,000 towards the construction cost. 
You know what? That's so important. I think Smart. what stood out to me is so many of us want something for nothing. Absolutely. So many of us feel like we're mm -hmm. entitled to others people, other people's intellectual mm -hmm. property, but you got to pay to play. Facts. And the exactly. fact that you knew, you know what, let me just pay for this person's time and their resources so I can get a shortcut to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that is what most of us don't want to do. We don't want to pay for the course. Mm -hmm. We don't want to pay for the knowledge. We mm -hmm. just expect someone to give us something. Yeah. And that I'm sure that was a key to your success is actually yeah. getting partnering with and hiring someone mm -hmm. to show you the ropes. Yeah. You wanted to see that uh, I was committed to it, number one, and that it was going to be worth this time, number two. But, but you're exactly right, Kayla, because a lot of times people don't realize if you don't pay for it up front, you're going to pay for it in the long run anyway. Time, energy, effort, lost money, failed projects, you know, depression if you go through that, you know, yeah. you might quit. Mm -hmm. Instead of just biting the bullet on the front end and paying for the knowledge to pay somebody for the decade or more of experience they got and what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Scare money don't make money. It don't. At the end of the day, you got to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. Never. Scare money will never make money. Right. That is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. I, I, I like that. Let's. I want to circle back real quick because people are always asking about seller financing, mm -hmm. right? Especially and this was 2013, so it was a little, di little bit of a different market. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as saturated mm -hmm. um, with the competition because we have all these outlets now where people are learning these um, tactics and strategies. So in today's market, going into 2022, how does someone um, get a seller to agree? to do financing in this okay. market. Usually, so the, the people I like are the ones that want more than the market value of the property, number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they aren't tremendously desperate to get paid right away, right? Because I tell them, look, even if I gave you that number you want, after Uncle Sam get his hand in it, you're not gonna make anywhere near that. So your, your, bet, your better bet is to work with me. Let me give you something that you're comfortable with up front and let me pay you over time and because you're giving me time, I can afford to pay you a little bit more than what the bank would allow me to borrow from them to Absolutely. pay you right now. It's a finesse. It's the finesse. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It is a finesse. It yeah. Is. It is. But but if you think about it a certain way, it's almost like you're convincing them to be a partner with you and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Right? Because instead of me, let's, let's say the, let's say they want a million dollars for the property. Okay, well, let me talk you into giving you $100,000 now. Let me put the rest of my project together so that the bank didn't go give me $2 million the whole deal instead of me having to give you a million up front and me being in the hole and starting from scratch trying to figure out how to do the whole project mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they don't even they, they don't even realize what you're really doing but in the end it's a win-win because they get what they want out of it i get what i want out of it. absolutely everybody wins everybody wins. everybody eats everybody eats. at the end of the day so you went from all right so you got the seller financing mm -hmm. you bought the block what did you build on that block so like i said my whole focus was gentrification right so the first thing i wanted to figure out was how do we bring higher incomes back to our communities without displacing people? Well, I had the perfect block for that because I had an abandoned grocery store. Mm -hmm. So there was nobody living there. So I tore that down and I was like, well, look, let me create um, some attractive, modern, contemporary townhomes that I know young black professionals are gonna be attracted to. Beautiful townhomes, I've, yeah. been, I've been in them. Yes. Beautiful Thank townhomes. You. Thank you. And that was my goal because I know the area is going through a whole lot of gentrification. There's a $2.4 billion project going on around uh, going on about three blocks away from, from where this site is. Now, speak a little bit more about the site because we know you're in mm -hmm. Houston. So we kind of want to give like Yeah, paint point. the picture paint the of, of the Fifth Ward. Yeah. Okay, so Fifth Ward. So if you're looking at Houston on a map and, you, and there's a circle around downtown, redevelopment started in the top west quadrant and you got to go all the way around like counterclockwise and then Fifth Ward is that last quadrant that was left that hadn't been redeveloped. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you can see the Astros Stadium, you can see the, the soccer stadium. You see the skyline too. The skyline, the great skyline yeah. downtown. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. And usually what happens is we call it the hood until it's too late. Uh, and I, I think y'all had Julian on here earlier. Yeah. I, think, I think his episode might, might air before mine, but he was talking about some of those things. Yeah. Where it's like the signs you see. Gentrification. Oh, yeah. The 33 signs. The, the, oh, yeah. the 33 signs. Once those start coming in fruition, it's usually too late because the property values have started going up. Absolutely. And so for me, I was like, well, let, let me get in before that because I saw the trend in the city of where everything was going. And a lot of people know a lot of stuff's public record. You can look at city council meeting minutes. You can look at urban planning and development for whatever city you in. You literally can Google the name of the city, urban planning development. It'll show you where the city's plans are, where they're going for things. Mm -hmm. wow. That's a gem. Yeah. That's a big That's gem. That's a big gem because yeah. a lot of people need to know that. Yeah, even absolutely. for agents and mm -hmm. even for people just looking to buy a single family mm -hmm. home, they should absolutely. know that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
you should know that. And so, um, so this area, I knew it was it was gonna pop. I just didn't know what the pop was gonna be. I bought it in 2013, and two years later was when that big announcement came for the 2.4 billion dollar development. But it only made sense. It was a calculated risk that I took. But then again, the risk was minimized because even though it was a half a million dollars of acquisition, I only had, came out of pocket fifty thousand. Yeah. And let me add to this. At that point in time, I still had a corporate job. I didn't even put up the whole fifty thousand. Mm. I got somebody else with the money that was in real estate to see the potential in it, and they put up forty thousand of it. Oh, wow! Man. So I came out of pocket ten thousand because my money was still tied up in the flips and the rental properties and everything else. So like, just leveraging your network, leveraging people—that's the thing. When you when you bring the right opportunity to people with money, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll put money in. They'll put money in, especially if you know what the hell you're doing, right? And you have a track record. Exactly. You have experience. Exactly. You can't negotiate someone's experience. No, you cannot. Agreed. You cannot, cannot negotiate you cannot. that. You cannot. And the only way the only way you curb that is by having a team around you that's so strong. It's like, hey, I got Kiana. She's gonna help me out because she believes in what I'm doing. I got Matt who's gonna help me fund it. You know. So do you want to put some capital in? Then it makes more sense than me just saying, hey, I took this course. I studied this. I'm Y'all gotta get no on board. Shade. With no shade. No, 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 no shade. But, it, but it's facts though. It's, it's facts though. It's facts though. We because, know it's facts. Because the people that are in, no no because the people that are in your circle they know you and they know just because you've gained some knowledge you don't have any experience yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you you curb that by bringing experience to the table. Yeah. So when yeah. you got all experiences, you know it, it yeah. makes, makes them more comfortable. A hundred thousand percent. Oh, yeah. Because if you're rolling for solo and you just took a course or two, it's like uh, I don't know about that. Exactly. But now you come up with heavy hitters who got that experience, the resume, mm-hmm. and they do this. Mm-hmm. And it's do- and you're doing it well. So mm-hmm. now you have you have this 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 block. Mm-hmm. Everything's coming up. Mm-hmm. What did you decide to do with it? The people want to know. I yeah. want to know. So this one was new construction. <laughs> so the first block, like I said, I wanted to create the model so we can bring higher incomes back to the community. So I did that. Um, I built them. People told me nobody's going to buy in the hood. Before they were complete, all five of them were sold. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure wow. they were. And so and this, this was in a zip code that had no new construction in it. But because of the proximity to everything, people bought. Because the price point, I kept it was uh, affordable enough to where somebody living in a ni- really nice apartment could afford it. Yeah. Or somebody bought a, a, a new single family home way out in the suburbs, the price point was about the same. So let me ask you before you go on for it, because I know people want to ask this, right, in the comments. Did you did they do construction and permanent loans or did you continue to hold the debt for all the your, your units and then sold it once it was completed? I, I and did. And then they got the mortgage to real so, and then great, they paid you back. Great, great question. So. You know, when it comes to a bank being comfortable doing the construction of the perm, mm-hmm. they want to see comparable sales. Facts. Right. I was starting in a neighborhood that had no comparable sales. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a big risk. So the first the first round, I couldn't even use a bank to fund it. I went to 23 different lenders. They all told me no. Mm. Then I got smarter. And let's, let's revert back to what we were talking about earlier, those 401k plans. Yep. Most people don't know if you leave a, an employer mm-hmm. and you go to another job, you can now grab that money. Absolutely. And take it out of that corporate 401k and put it in a self-directed, self-directed. IRA, mm-hmm. self-directed individual retirement account. So I had a f- good friend who had a quarter of a million dollars in an old shell account. So she became my financial partner for the first project. Wow. Wow. So yeah, so so we took that money out of there. We used that to set the blueprint to number one, leverage the the equity in that in that land. See? Yeah. She, she, she it's the women him. for me. It's, it's the women for me. So. <laughs> Shout out to all the queens. There we go. There uh-huh. we go. Yeah, so that's what we did. So we, I had to set the comps with creative financing. So between the seller, oh, let me give you one more, Jim. Mm. We're ready. All right. So at this point, I'm ready to start the new construction. I'm realizing none of these banks are going to tell me any, they're not going to give me any type of grace on funding, right? So I go back to the seller and I said, I know we agreed on this half a million dollars and we, I told you I'd pay you in about 20 years, have it all paid off. How would you like to get your money in three years? Mm. He's like, well, how am I going to do that? He's like, well, this is what I need you to do. I told him, I, I need you to release the mortgage. We're going we're gonna to wipe the mortgage out and now we're going to partner on it. And as I complete the project, I'm, as I sell each house, I'm going to pay you towards the balance that I owe you. Smart. So now it's a joint venture between me and him. Yeah. The joint venture now owns the land with no debt on it. Yeah. So now I got equity. So exactly. Now yeah. the bank can't help but see. Exactly. Fun. So so now so now with the two hundred fifty thousand and uh, half a million dollars worth of land, free and clear, then it's easy for me to go get enough money to build a hundred eighty thousand dollar house. Yeah. Right. So I do that one time, get a contract on it, and then you know get two contracts on the other two before the con- before the construction is even complete. So I get the funding, that, and that's how I get the ball rolling. Wow. So now I've created because everybody 
in real estate should know you need three strong comparable sales oh, yeah, for everybody to be comfortable. Absolutely. So I built the first three, taking that big risk mm -hmm. so I could set that blueprint to say this is how we can do it going forward. Created your own comps. I right. did create my own comps. Big yeah. gems. Yeah, yeah. Big gems. Matter of fact, I think one of the sponsors for the show uh -huh. watched me, Andre, he, he watched me go through that process. Now he's building right up the street from me in the same zip. That's what I'm talking about. Set the comps. Set the comps. Set, set the, the trend. Everybody else. Absolutely. You're the blueprint. Yeah. The blueprint. You're the That's blueprint. It. And That's which it. is great. Shout out to Andre. Yeah. Um, he's really killing it with his his team out there in Houston. Mm -hmm. And you know when he told me that he was building right up the block from you, mm -hmm. I think he said he got a contract on it or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. He got one sold already. You know, one sold already. And I'm mm -hmm. like, damn, this is incredible. He's like, you're Chris the Mayor. I'm like, I know. I'm gonna call him <laughs> the, the mayor. mayor for years. <laughs> <It's the mayor. laughs> like, but that's but that's what we need in our community right. is leaders like yourself who are paving the way for other people to come behind and and to kill it as right. well because we don't have people that look like us yeah. that are willing to teach. Right. This is high level. Mm -hmm high-level conversation right yeah. now. This is not like I'm house hacking mm -hmm. or I'm oh, going to no. flip a house. Development is a whole different ballgame. Right, right. Like, right. let's talk about development. Yeah. Like, when you got into development, how did you find your team, like your mm -hmm. contractors? Mm -hmm. Like, building seems like it's so easy. Mm -hmm. Then you start putting the vision together. Mm -hmm. Then you start writing down, like, it's like, oh, wait, I need $10 million. I need $3 mm -hmm. million. Like, yeah. it, the numbers start mm -hmm. to scare you a little bit. Like, at what point did you say, all right, this is my plan. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Um, I think right away I, I knew I was going to stick with the plan. Um, but what I what I didn't do was leave the security of my, my corporate job. I still had the corporate job until 2015. Okay. okay. Smart. So, for me, it was like, well, let me have that, that blanket or that cushion back there just in case I need it. And so, that gave me... The, the full bandwidth to say, I'm going to do whatever I want and take calculated risk with everything else. And then I had one mentor that told me, Christian, in your 20s, if you mess up now, you file bankruptcy. 10 years from now, you can start over and nobody even blink an eye about it. That's a fact. And I was like, okay, so, so that really tells me I can take a big risk right now. And I really just wanted to prove that what I, what I saw in my head was possible really could happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got into it. But yeah, I mean, the banks told me no. The people that had the information told me no. I had a whole, I went to a whole bunch of white, black, Mexican builders and nobody really wanted to take the time to really give me the game. Um, but it's, that's no different than anything else in sales. You yeah. Know, you got to take your nose until you get yeah. to the yes. Rejection, yeah. rejection is a part of the game. It's just part of it. It's part of it. And sometimes it's not no to you directly. It's just no, it's not the right time for them because they're yeah. too busy or something like that. So you can't take it personally. Or they just don't see the opportunity. They, sometimes exactly. people don't see the opportunity yeah. right. until it's too late. Right, right, right. I'm sure there's a few people looking like, dang. Oh yeah, it's a bunch of them now. It's I wish. So yeah. let, let's talk to the, I'm a flipper, mm -hmm. I got some rentals, mm -hmm. got a couple dollars, mm -hmm. now I want to go to that, that high level, right? Mm -hmm. Because to me, you got graduate, you have undergrad mm -hmm. and you have graduate, mm -hmm. right? Commercial real estate and commercial development is probably on the same lines of PhD style. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is very high level education, mm -hmm. right? How does that person who, because this is not for the freshman. Right. Freshman, you start where you need to start, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. But for the people who are, you know, they're established, they got the credentials, they got the experience of owning and flipping it and things of that nature, mm -hmm. how do they get started with becoming a developer in the commercial space? So there's a couple ways to do it. Um, the way I really recommend is to invest with somebody that's actually doing it. Because if, if you invest enough capital on the front end, if you're, in that, if you're blessed to be in that position, then you can get in a position where you can understand what they're doing from start to finish with the project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, usually the the financing structure, there's a general partner, which is the decision maker, and, and then there's a limited partner who puts up the majority of the money. Um, if you, the closer you can get to the general partnership, which is usually a, a little bit less money, you can get in there and you can be with the, the people like me that are actually making the decisions on everything. That's one way to get in. The other way to get in is to do what I did was bump your head till you find the right team. Mm -hmm. Just get out there and... Uh, you know, look for people that are actually actually actively doing it, that want to work with you, that see the vision and what and what you what you're doing, and that's the best way to get into it. But development, you're right, is really hard. It's like, not you can't go to you can't really go to school and get it. There's some programs like the Urban Land Institute, ULI. Yeah, yeah a lot of that. people go through um, to, to get the information, but that that's really it. But that's not really what you really what, want. What you, mean? you need to right. kind of start your feet on the ground. So if you yeah. if you know someone someone says, listen, I have this land or I have this block. Mm -hmm. and I want to develop, can you give us like five steps they need to take to really focus on getting that development? Because people do have land. They're just afraid mm -hmm. of it. Like they don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great question. 
So number one, you gotta really understand uh, what's what's the possible uses of that land. So what's the what is it zoned for? You know what what are the restrictions that the city says you can and cannot do with it? Number one, number two, uh, you need to understand how feasible are the things that you want to do with it. I get people that, that hit me up all the time and they're like, oh, I got this property that I've been looking at in my old neighborhood and I, I think it would be great for this. And I'm like, okay, you think it's gonna be great, but will other people think it's gonna be great if you do it? If you take this big risk, yeah. will people wanna live there? You know, Will people be able to afford it? And does it make sense? So you have to, and what I, what I tell people to do is, start, especially starting off in development, Try to be in areas that are going through some type of redevelopment, gentrification, some type of catalyst, so that you aren't the one trying to set the trend. Yeah, you are riding someone else's wave. Like I'd rather be CVS than Walgreens or Burger King instead of McDonald's sometimes, right? Yeah, because you already know somebody else has already done the research and they've proven this is the right place to go. Yeah. Um. So th those are two two of the big things. Uh, number three is going to be what's it really going to cost, um, which is Sometimes it's hard for you to figure out on your own, um, but that's where you have to have that team around you, the people with the experience to do it. Absolutely. This ain't something where you can go watch YouTube videos um, and try to figure it out. You, you, you gotta have an expert team around you to help you get started. Yeah, this ain't on YouTube. No, this not. Oh, this no. Not. And, <laughs> and then the, I think one of the most important parts is you always gotta start with the end in mind. So you gotta have an exit strategy. Which Absolutely. After you do this, do you have, if it's gonna be an apartment complex, do you have the right property management team? If it's gonna be for sale, do you have the right, Brokers, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, you gotta have right. all that. You gotta have all that. And that's a. And I'm Hold on. What's number five? Oh yeah. The financing. Financing. Okay. Oh Finance. yeah. You gotta yeah. have the money. The financing. financing. You, you gotta have the money. Uh, so one thing that um, so residential side, it's easier to go get a a, a construction a permanent loan, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But with development, it's a little bit harder. So you gotta be able to say, okay, I'm gonna be able to purchase this property. I'm gonna be able to risk all of this money up front from architecture fees, engineering fees, permitting fees, because most of the times the funding won't come until you have all that stuff in place. Yeah. Right, so you got a lot more risk on the front end, and then- And those fees can run up. Oh yeah, for my last project, we, we were like over half a million dollars, just in anything that could go wrong, if it went wrong, that money would be gone in the wind. Yeah. So it's a big risk, wow. and, and it's a long lead time. Of all the investment strategies, it takes the longest to get a development done. I'm sure. Or anything. Yeah. And so let's talk, let's talk about that again. You said it was the architectural plans. Mm -hmm. Let's go over the list of okay. things that cost you a half million dollars because people need right. to hear yeah. that. Right. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's that? Yeah, so number one, you got to understand what that land can actually be used for. Mm -hmm. Number two, you got to understand. It's doing the survey. Right, yeah, doing the survey. And then the next step is, what are you going to use the land for? So that's usually figured out called highest and best use. Mm -hmm. What's going to give you the best return on it? Um, then number three, the marketability of whatever you're actually going to do, how many people really want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, number four, the financing. Mm -hmm. And then number five, the plan for once it's complete, how do you get it stabilized? How do you make money off of it? Absolutely. So when it comes to the financing, that's the most important part. They want to know what's your plan when it's done. Yeah. Correct. How long is it going to take you to lease it up? Yeah, we need to make our money back. Exactly. The bank exactly. wants their money. Exactly. Yeah, All the time. Yeah. Right, because in development, it's, it's, two it's two separate loans, just like most Absolutely. Yeah, it's two separate loans, a construction loan versus a long-term permanent finance. Absolutely, and they want to know what's your ability to repay. Right. Absolutely. Because foreclosing or something like that, the bank doesn't want that. They don't want it back. They right. don't want that back. Yeah, they don't that's want not that their, That's not their game. Exactly. Not, not something at that scale. Exactly. It's just too hard to get off. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think you was going to ask something about the realtors. Yeah, so what mm -hmm. I was going to ask is, mm -hmm. and this even coming from owning a real estate brokerage and mm -hmm. people want to know, like, how is it that we get these development relationships? Like you are, you're a developer, you're mm -hmm. developing great things in Houston. How do you vet the right people to represent your project? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually um, if it's going to be like a residential development, I just don't want somebody that's a great salesperson that has represented sellers before and understands the market. And what I also look for is people that are going to 
invest time and energy to, un to understand what's going on in that neighborhood around there. Right? I, don't, I don't need you to sell my product. I need you to sell somebody on the fact of, oh, the grocery store is this far away. And you know, if you want to go shopping, it's that far. You know, this is the school district. This is how they're performing. All those things are important when you're doing development because you're trying to convince somebody to come usually into a new market or somewhere they're not, they're not used to. So you have to have tremendous amount of psychological evaluation skills to read people mm -hmm. and then the ability to actually sell. Mm -hmm. right. So sales ability and also mm -hmm. just having the market data, doing doing mm -hmm. their research. Because most right. people, when they look at creating development proposals, mm -hmm. they're like, well, what do I do? I, just, well, I tell them how I can take pictures of the property. Mm -hmm. And I and I'm glad you said that because, mm -hmm. I mean, I know that. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I've been researching that. But mm -hmm. that's also part of the plan. Like if you're going to build these developments mm -hmm. and they are, there's there's nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. You have to sell the area and what's coming up. Mm -hmm. So that's what goes into your yeah. further, your earlier right. conversation. You're right. Selling the vision for because if they ask you right now, what's the crime rate? Oh, well, it's still kind of high. That, that can't be that can't be your answer. It yeah. Can't. Your answer your answer has to be you know this is where the crime rate is now, but studying the trends of other areas of the city that are now affluent, you know the crime rate went down at this much, and so you may be taking a little bit of risk on the front end, but the back end value of your property is going to make the investment well worth it. So mm. you, know, you, you should be looking at this area now. You got to learn how to speak the language. It's exactly. the language. It's the it's, language. It's, it's not what you say. It's, exactly. how, you it's, say. it's, it's how you say it. It's how you say it. Yeah. I mean, but that's really the reality of every neighborhood we go to. We call it the hood until Becky's walking the dog. That's a fact. Right. right. <laughs> Running at 9 p.m. with her AirPods on. Somewhere in between the hood and Becky walking the dog, she bought. Yeah. We were still saying it's the hood, the crime rate's too high, the, the school's not good enough. Absolutely. And yeah. they, they understand a different pattern that we, that we don't see. Absolutely. They oh, understand yeah, absolutely. the value mm -hmm. that right. we don't right. even see the value yep. ourselves. Yep. So let's talk about um, your project you got going on. I know you got something real major happening. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that. Okay. Yeah. So this goes back to another way for us to bring higher incomes back to our communities without displacing people, right? Mm -hmm. So number one, you can do new construction, bring people that want to buy in. The second thing you got to do is bring people that want to rent, that, that want to have the luxury apartment lifestyle. Yeah. You know? So they, those are high income workers. So once you have all these different mixes of people in the same community, then when you want to go ask a business to come back in the neighborhood or a grocery store to come back, they say, OK, I see enough people with enough income here now. That, it would uh, make sense. It would make sense. Right. So the, the, the best way to bring a higher concentration of people in is to build an apartment complex. Mm. Right. So what I have, the, what I had the opportunity to do is in the same, I, I'm, I'm doing all my projects in a one mile radius of that $2.4 billion project purposely because I know it's going to be a lot of value appreciation there. Um, so this opportunity came about, it's like a historic landmark church in Fifth Ward. I mean, it's right at the intersection of the two major freeways, 59 I-10, downtown skyline, gorgeous Astro Stadium right across the freeway. Um, church came to me and they were getting ready to uh, have to sell because like a lot of big black churches, Memberships going down. Yeah, they can't afford the campus. This is like over five acres right by downtown. Mm. And so they came to me and asked me if I could figure out a plan to do something with the property. So them just selling to developers and erase all the history of the, you know, of, of, of the, that landmark. And so I said, yeah, I'll take on that challenge. And um, I never done a project that big, but again, I went back to that success triangle. Yeah, if I got this opportunity right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can put the rest of the pieces together. Mm. So I put it under contract. Had no idea what, how I was gonna come up with the six point seven five million dollars that was needed to close it at the time. <laughs> Repeat that number. Six point seven five million. Okay. Listen. This six is big, big boy stuff. Six point seven five million. Strictly yeah. for live yeah. men, not, not for, for freshmen. freshmen. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> not for freshmen. But I knew it's right across the freeway from a two point four billion dollar project that was about to start construction. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, put it under contract. Uh, I worked with some other consultants. And you talked about how how do you build those teams? Yeah. Um, I just happen to have a mentor who's also in commercial development, Rudy Rasmus. Um, he also does a lot of real estate projects with Beyonce's family in Houston and those family. Mm -hmm. um, so he lent me his team because of the relationship I had with him. Dope. So they helped me underwrite and, and figure out how to put the initial pro forma together, which is the Excel spreadsheet that shows what the possibilities are with the property. Mm -hmm. And then that allowed me to take that and say, okay, let me go find some investors to put the money down for this. Okay. Um, so I thought I had to come up with like two and a half million at the time. And, um, and that sounds like a lot and it sounds very intimidating, but we don't realize the people in our communities that have that type of money sitting in the bank. Absolutely. So in, um, in about four months, just from talking to doctors, people that were pharmaceutical reps, uh, lawyers, uh, other people that were in investment banking, all black, 
all between the ages of 30 and 50, I put together $1.2 million from people putting in 50,000 or 100,000. Nice. And just explaining what, what was going on in the community and showing them the team that I had, once again, had way more experience than me. Yeah. Chris, you know how to build houses. You don't know how to build an apartment complex. Yeah. I don't, but look at the team that Rudy Rasmus me. gave me and look at what they've already done. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now the play makes sense, right? Yeah. So now those people have invested. Um, a matter of fact, Julian Gordon was my biggest investor. He put in 500,000. Shout out wow, to Julian Gordon. We put up five hundred thousand of it. Dope. Yeah. Dope. So I mean, we think some things are far fetched, but you have the right opportunity. The money mm-hmm. can't can matriculate into the deal. That's yeah. dope. So, so you raise money, mm-hmm. right? Now, are you working with accredited or non-accredited investors? Now, tell the people what what's the difference. Great question. Great question. So, in in a lot of uh, real estate development um, opportunities. Or in a lot of regulations, you you can only deal with people that are accredited, and what accredited means is they are worth over a million dollars, excluding your primary residence. So your house don't count. So you right. have to have a net worth of over a million dollars, or you have to have earned two hundred thousand dollars a year for the past two years individually, or if you're married, the household has to earned have earned three hundred thousand dollars for the past two years, and so that's a pretty high hurdle for most of us to cross. Uh, but in this group, yes, that that was actually the case. I did have to go accredited. Accredited on this one, yeah. Now with the regulation, and like, what was your steps to kind of set up the fund and, mm-hmm. and get it, you know, passed through the SEC and everything like that? Mm-hmm. So this one, um, since it wasn't like I was selling shares, it didn't have to go through the SEC. But we, mm-hmm. I did do the crowdfunding. It did have to go through the SEC. Okay. But this one, uh, you you set up what's what's called a family and friends raise. Um, okay. And, yeah, technical terms, but you really just have a. a pay a lawyer 40 grand and they set up all the documents that says this is what they're investing in. Their money can be completely lost. And since they earn so much money, they should be financially astute enough to, to make that investment. Mm-hmm. And when they sign on the dotted line, the money is turned over to me. Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's basically, it's basically what it says. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Family and friends. So family when, you, and friends. when you label it family and friends, you don't need to go the technical route and really right. so, go through the government. So, yeah. So you're not publicly marketing it. You're not soliciting any outside investors. It's got to be somebody that's already in your network that already knows of you personally. Okay. In some capacity. Family and friends. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Does Instagram followers count? As family, as family and friends? Technically, if they are familiar with you, yes, it does. So you got 300,000 followers, they your 300,000 family and yeah. friends. Exactly. Yeah. And you right. can raise right. from your right. family right. and friends. So, so you can't go on there and say, hey, I have an investment opportunity, mm-hmm. but you can talk about your project, and if somebody DMs you and says, hey, how do I get in on that? Then you can send them the and information. That, that's a conversation that's different. Ah, mm. it's a hack around it's, everything. It's every single thing. <laughs> Everything's every a hack. Single yeah. thing. I like that. I yeah. like that. So you raised up all this money. So, I, so remember, I thought I needed two point five. Yeah, you say you raised like one five or something. One point two. One point two. Okay. And then um, I got a bank to put up a four point three, mm. right? because they saw the value in the property and they they knew the area that it was in. So, but still, that's only five point five. Correct. You're 1. still on short. A, a six point. Wait. Yeah, 1.2. Yeah, 5.5. And so I'm still short. And all the way up to the point of closing, uh, I was short. And But what ended up happening was because of the relationship I had with the church, at the last minute, they decided we'll take what's called a seller second. So they gave me grace. They said, at closing, just give us the 5.5, and then we'll give you another year and a half to pay us the balance. So technically, it's seller financing on that one, too. Huh. Oh, wow. Right. right. So another, another, another opportunity with great relationships. Right. And in exchange for that, I also let them stay in the church for a year uh, with no rent. Right. Because they were taking that money to go build another smaller campus. Some people thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's smart because they didn't have to give you the seller second. Right. Exactly. They, 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 they didn't, didn't have to. Yeah. They didn't have to they do that. They could have said, "Screw you." And your plans and mm-hmm. what you're going to do with this project mm-hmm. is so much bigger. Like we always, sometimes we're so short sighted. Yeah. Like you, you knew this was the right thing to do, and right. on top of that, now you have that relationship, mm-hmm. and they are still building, mm-hmm. still moving on to have another campus, and they right. still have other relationships with other people right. that may be looking to downsize. Right. Right. And here's the best part of the whole situation: when I bought it. They did an appraisal on. They had an appraisal as a church, so they wanted me to pay. The, the board of the church voted that I needed to pay full appraised value for it, six point seven five. I got it replaced, replaced last month as land use for a multifamily ground up construction 
and the value is now 8.65. I, I was just Ooh. about to say that. I was just about to say Ooh. 7 million. It was like about to yeah. roll out of my tongue. Yes, right. that's what right. I'm talking Ooh. about. Now, hey, hold on. So that's as 8 million. At land use, you got it appraised $2 million higher. Higher. Right? But that's not including the actual structure. It's not. It's that's not. just land use. And yeah, that's crazy. When you, when you get into commercial real estate, they really appraise it by what you plan to do with it, mm -hmm. which is different from other lots that you use for residential. It's also based off, it's all based off of what this one sold for, what that one sold for. Commercial is completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. So as a church, they were saying the land was only worth about $1.5 million, and then the, all the, the big structures on it were brought up the rest of the balance of the 6.75, mm. right? But then when I go and say, nope, I'm going to build new construction on it, they said, okay, well, we're looking at what all the other developers are buying their land for per square foot. And according to that, your property, just the land, is worth eight point six five million. I can see that. Wow, that's a that, that's that a was, come up. That, that's that what was, that was a that, that was a that was the right that risk is. for a hefty reward. It was, and not only for me, but think about my investors, right? The other black investors that may want to get into real estate but don't know how or don't have the time. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put the right uh, opportunities in front of them, they invest. It's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, nah, this definitely sounds like a win for every investor who invested mm -hmm. in this project because right. you up to a million right. before you even break the dirt. Right, right. And then once they, you break they, the they dirt- move a rock. Didn't do nothing. Didn't move, do nothing, yet yeah. you up two M's. Two M's, yeah. So imagine when you now start breaking and mm -hmm. now you got structures going up and everything like oh, that. I mean, it's going to be up and it's stuck. Right. <laughs> right. right. Up and it's stuck. So now you have this development. Mm -hmm. You you know it appraised. So mm -hmm. now what are, you, what are you going to do with the land? You said you're building an apartment community. Mm -hmm. So- what is the next steps um, to get that to make that happen? Okay, so the next step is number one, formulating the plan for the building, right? I'm trying to keep this real layman terms so everybody understands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I understand, you know, what's the mix gonna be of units? Is it gonna be single uh, apartments with one bedroom, or is it gonna be, you know, apartments with two bedrooms, three bedrooms? So what we decided to go with, since it's a emerging market, not a lot of families probably want to move there just yet. We're all doing one bedroom and two bedroom units. 294 of them. And then what I did once again was I had to 294 partner. units. 294 units. Please don't let that go over your head, y'all. 294. 294. It's a lot of units. It is. It is. That's a big site. Um, but once again, I had to bring on a development partner that had the experience to get the, get the project done. Right? So that's the most important part with this. Because nobody's going to give you anywhere near the type of money without. No, they're not. Yeah. Knowing you got the team. Wow. The, the team that put the plan together. And the contractor, which is the builder that has the, the track record of building these types of buildings already. So, wow. so that was the next step. What other amenities are you going to have on this project? Oh, so great question. So um, number one, we are bringing, uh, of course, it's going to have the typical pool. It's going to have, you know, the, the, the gym. Um, it'll have the community area for everybody to be able to use for events. Um, but what's special is we have carved out about 20,000 square feet of commercial and 5,000 of that is gonna be a fresh foods uh, meal prep business. Wow. So it's black owned and she's been in the area for a while. She's got two retail locations. She's got an uh, additional location inside of Exxon's headquarters. She's got like five of them in different hospitals. So she's gonna bring her, her, her full kitchen to service all of her locations there. And she's gonna set up a small retail location there. Oh, and the, the price of her meals is the same as fast food but it's fresh, healthy food that we can bring to the community. So that's a shortcut to bringing a grocery store back, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then next door to her is, uh, I just, just got this deal solidified. It's gonna be a, a charter school's pre-K center. Black-owned charter school, largest charter school in uh, Arkansas, and they have campuses also in uh, DC. High performing, so they're gonna bring their pre-K center there, then they're gonna build an actual elementary school campus next door. Wow. Right. So. Damn. So your project just opened up the doors for for, for different businesses, but mm -hmm. black owned businesses, mm -hmm. too. Right. That's right. incredible, bro. Right. And I think one of the things I'm, that I'm going to be the most proud of is, you know, when people think affordable workforce housing, they think low income people. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, my target now is going to be the entrepreneurs. When they look at their tax return, they make twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. But they're really on the up and up. They're trying to, they're trying to do something better. Yeah. So I want to create a. a a environment where they feel comfortable in nice apartments that are affordable based off of what their income says they make, whether they really make that or not, it could be more. Yeah. You know, we write a lot of things off. But, you know, I just want to target that group too, because that need, that group needs to be targeted in our communities. Because if we nurture them, that creates more job growth. 
absolutely more businesses more more entrepreneurs uh uh, bring higher incomes to the community as well. More black CEOs. There you go. Way more. We need that. We Good. we definitely need that. So what, what's your estimated time of completion for this project? This is, sounds like it's it's probably three to five years away. Yeah, definitely. So you got I got about another year of just planning. That's the other part of development. It's long. Mm-hmm. So about another year of planning, getting permits ready to go, and then uh, we got eighteen months of construction. So now we're at two and a half years, right? Mm-hmm. And you still got at least the whole building up. Absolutely. So you're right. So mm-hmm. eight or nine months. So yeah. So so four years is a mm-hmm. practical time frame to say uh, everything will be from soup to nuts, basically. Yeah. From soup to nuts. So, and this is why you need capital, right? Because you yeah. still patient, got patient capital. Patient, patient capital. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you can't. And this is why you only took on accredited, mm-hmm. right? Because they know mm-hmm. the patience, right? right? This is an investment. You can't take on non-accredited for this type of project because. Right. People put their money, they want their money back mm-hmm. tomorrow because they got to pay rent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not going to work like mm-hmm. that. This is a project that you're spending so much money up front, mm-hmm. carrying costs, taxes, mm-hmm. plans, mm-hmm. you know, soft, hardcore, everything you're paying for up front. Yeah. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think you said half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Just, 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 just for, to get started. Just, like, just for plans. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, talking right. about you may not make a dollar mm-hmm. until four years from now. Mm-hmm. Although your equity appreciated, which is right. a great thing, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a home run. But there's no income, no cash flow exactly. coming in right now. So you have that other streams of income coming in off of that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's not your only project. Right. I keep up with you. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of your biggest projects, yeah, but that's yeah. not your only project. Right. So let's talk about some other projects you have that are giving in that steady flow and that mm-hmm. steady stream of income. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so the first two, and it, remember, everything I'm talking about centers around our communities and gentrification and what usually happens in the neighborhood. Right. So the third one that, that I have not mentioned is the one I'm probably the most proud of. That's the uh, the project where I bought a portfolio of 18 houses and two vacant commercial buildings. What's special about it is the 18 houses have tenants that have been there 30 years. I got two of my tenants are sisters that have been living next door to each other for 20 years, literally, Wow. in this neighborhood. And the owners were selling the whole the whole portfolio and um, they their kids didn't want to inherit it because they did not set up the systems, you know. Side note, everybody thinks that real estate is generational wealth. It's not if you don't have systems and your kids don't want to deal with the headache of managing tenants. Mm, so if you don't have the right property management and all that kind of stuff in place, then it's going to happen the way it happened in this Yeah, scenario. they want to want to get rid of it. Exactly, they want to get rid of it. So they want to get rid of it. I ended up negotiating a deal once again, no bank, seller financing again. Mm. They were asking uh, $1.5 million for it, but uh, because they were running it, themselves, they were taking money orders, they didn't have any accounting. Once again, I can't go to a bank and say, hey, here's the financials. Yeah. So I, yeah. I tell them, number one, if I give you 1.5, the taxes are gonna eat you up. Number two, you have no accounting, so let's work a deal. And so I say, let's, I'll give you 1.25. So take take a quarter million dollars off. And then you tell me what, what you're comfortable with taking for a down payment. And they were like, well, what we were planning to do with the money was give our kids this and give them that and give them that. So we'll take half. So now I, I'm, I have to bring $600,000 to the table for the deal. Once again, sounds like a lot of money, sounds intimidating, but there are people that have that type of capital um, if you're in the right circles. Um, and what I did in that scenario was, number one, I think I sent it to you. when I, You sent it to me, I, yeah, yeah. At, at the very beginning. Yeah, at the very beginning. I, you I, was, I was like, I'm gonna get a few of my I was boys. In, I was in the airport, I remember yeah, that. Right, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna get a few of my boys to put the money up and, and we'll buy it. But then I said, you know what? No, this is an opportunity to do something bigger to set a precedence for what we can do in our communities on our own. And at that point in time, you t- we talked about the accredited investors earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, Barack Obama uh, created some legislation when he was in office where anybody now can invest and pool their money together in million dollar projects. You don't have to be accredited, but there's a limit. It's up to $10,000 per person that you can invest. So I was like, well, this seems like a good project to do that because I can take everybody's money and I know that I have 18 houses that are already producing cash flow so that when I take the investment, I know I can pay everybody back. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I did. So I said, this is a way to show that we can all collectively invest. So I'm, I set a threshold at $250. Wow. And in seven months without using any ads, just, you know, just getting on my social media page. How did I miss this? Getting on, I don't know. I don't, you tell me. Look, he sent it to me, right? In full, yeah. in full transparency. I sent it to a couple of my guys. Was this guys. before or after we were on Clubhouse together? 
Oh, way before. Way before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you said Clubhouse, I know it was way before. Okay, okay. Clubhouse wasn't even a thought at this point. But when when I revealed it, I'm like, yo, this is a good opportunity. And I sent it to a couple people. Obviously, people have their doubts. And no, honestly, I dropped the ball because by the time I looked up, he wasn't really promoting it and I forgot. Because yeah. I'm all over the place, yeah. I'm, I'm traveling, I'm speaking yeah. at seminars, so it honestly slipped my mind until I saw him post, it's closed. Right. And right. I think I hit him up, I'm like, dog, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, wait, hold yeah. on. Look, you yeah. see, right? I sat up in my seat with yeah. this before. Yeah, but, right. but that just shows you opportunity cost, right? right? Oh, yes, right. always. Opportunities cost, and look, I'm not perfect. People miss opportunities all, all, the, time. all the freaking time. Like, even when he was telling me about the two million that's up on the project, I'm like, fuck, why did I get into this? Yeah. Julian, Julian was sitting there like, yeah, I got, yeah, right. I, put, I put my half in. <laughs> right. And I'm like, damn. And he, he happy too. Like, he happy right. in picking slop. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't I get in this? That's why I, say, I said to him earlier, I said, yo, what's next? bro because yeah. i'm not going to miss what's next because yeah. now i'm more comfortable mm-hmm. right because there's always things out here you see things and that's, a, that's a big part of it too it's being comfortable that's right when you're giving it. someone your money mm-hmm. and you're not in control mm-hmm. for me that's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. i don't like handing my money over to nobody if especially right. if i'm not the one dictating where the dollars and the cents are going right. Right. but now his track record is there the experience is there now it's like that's why i said to you outside i'm like yo bro what's next yeah like, I'm in. Yeah. Just tell me what it is I'm in. I want to be the first, one of the first people. You know what I'm saying? And that's, a te- that's a testament to everything, man, because like I don't take anything personal, especially if I'm doing something new that all the conversations you've ever experienced with other people before says it's not possible yeah, or it's right. really, really hard. I don't blame you for not wanting to put your money in with me because I'm telling you it's going to be good. You might want to actually see that I do what I yeah, said. You want to see the track first. history. Yeah. And, and it happens. And then when I saw you already paid dividends back mm-hmm. and everything like that, and I'm right. like, whoa. Right. I'm so like, that, Chris is on it. That's a great point. So regulation CF crowdfunding at that point, the limit was 1.1 million, 1.07 million. We raised that in seven months. Um, closed on the property. I did renovations on the property um, and was able to pay distributions out within six months of opening. I actually just announced my second round of distribution for the project. The property value is going up 50%. So I bought it for 1.2, just got it appraised. It appraised at 1.8. Wow. All my investors Ooh. making money. And the best part is, it fits my model because I didn't have to raise any of those tenants' rents. Yeah. Guess what I did with the vacant commercial space? I already know. Is that what you're going to do to mix use? Peer space. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> peer so, space. So I, Love you, I told y'all. I know you've been advocate for peer space. I'm a huge and, advocate for it. And if everybody knows about short-term rentals. Everybody knows about Airbnb. Yeah. But peer space is like Airbnb on steroids. Yeah. That Please say it again. On steroids. So literally. So so this house, if I would if I were to rent the house out as a regular house, I probably could rent it for seventeen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. If I were to uh, lease it out to a lawyer or something for an office building, if I did some renovations, I could have leased it out for maybe twenty eight hundred a month. If I had to put it on Airbnb, uh, probably thirty five hundred a month because it's a it's a three bedroom two bath house. I make six to ten thousand dollars a month on it on Peer Space, and it's usually not even booked during the week. It's usually just on the weekends for yeah. parties for events at ninety five dollars an hour. Shout out to Ian. Ian's yeah. used it before. For, Shout out to Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he used it for Master uh, uh, Market Mark Mondays. Mondays. Market Mondays a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people booking for all kinds of things. And so now I, the 18 houses in the back generate $11,000 a month in rent. This one peer space generates up to $10,000 a month. So why do I need to raise the rent on somebody, somebody's auntie in the back that's on a fixed income just because I'm being greedy when I can create all this extra revenue from the front? Now the, value, the property value is going up. My revenue is almost doubled. Mm-hmm. All my investors are happy. And it's a win-win for everybody. If the residents are happy, they get to stay in the community. Let me tell you something. Win-win. You know what I love about That's how beautiful. you how yeah. you run your business? Mm-hmm. And I'm reading your shirt, Building Wealth with Integrity. With Integrity. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I love from that. From the time yeah. I started keeping up with you and just speaking with you and being on these platforms with you, mm-hmm. you have the same narrative. Like, mm-hmm. everybody wants to make money. There's nothing wrong with making a profit. Mm-hmm. But he's always thinking about the community first. And I think that we should all take note of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's presenting opportunities for everyone else to to, to build wealth if mm-hmm. you take it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but at the same time, if you even if you don't, he's ensuring that the people that are in these houses are in mm-hmm. these communities that they're taking care of, and that's how you build wealth with integrity. And it's mm-hmm. a great thing, yeah. beautiful thing to see. 100%. No, I think it's great, man. And I was going to reference that shirt too, build wealth yeah. and integrity, because a lot of people don't have integrity. Right. You know, they're chasing. If you know, if you're chasing money, then your your, your soul is for sale. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and that's how I look at it. So if you're leading with the right intentions, integrity, like you say, you don't want to displace nobody. These people right. look like you. Right. They're somebody's auntie. Right. Right. That could be your auntie right. at the end of the day. So right. why not treat them like kings and queens that they are? Mm-hmm. Just because they may be a little down mm-hmm. don't mean you got to treat them like that. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Treat right. them with the respect right. that they deserve. Right. And keep them there. Keep them. Yeah. Keep it affordable. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They've been there their 20, 30 years. 20, 30 years. Why get rid of them? And when you look at the 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 future value of the decisions you make now, mm-hmm. sometimes being greedy can keep you very short sighted and keep you on the short end of the stick. That's a fact. Um, I, so literally on the way here, when I get off the plane, I got an email from a bank, Wood Forest Bank, um, who has a community impact fund. They got forty million dollars. They said we're trying to find a project in Houston because that's where we're headquartered at. They said we Google social impact investor, and you're the only person that came up for Houston. Wow. We got we got t- about ten million that they want to put into the the big project. Wow. Just I because of that. It. That's dope. That. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. They Google what they Googled again. Social impact okay. investments. And y'all go put that in your little um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on That's your a website. fact. Put it on your websites. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. You know, but lead with that for real, for real, because right. you never know what opportunities are going to come just right. because you're leading with integrity. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And you're keeping it all black right. too, which Absolutely. is exactly. which is dope as yeah. hell because yeah. we got to keep that within our communities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. Well, I think that this was an amazing episode. Absolutely. Now, we got to get, we have to ask, mm-hmm. you got to give us a rant and mm-hmm. a gem about your industry. Okay. All right, let me see. The rant is, um, let me see. Everybody doesn't have to do the same thing. I want to see more of us in every other area of real estate. So we, we got we got the mortgage, we got the brokerage side, listing. Mm-hmm. We need more appraisers. We mean we need more inspectors. Absolutely. Uh, we need people doing everything. In the more industry. contractors. More contractors. More title company owners. I want all y'all to look at all these different lanes, and don't even think about like being an appraiser or an inspector as a bad thing, because your goal isn't to be the person doing the work. Your goal, your goal is to be a business owner. Correct. And, and hire a bunch of appraisers and inspectors. Let, let's build some of that too. Correct. That's the deficit that we all have. I mean, we was having this conversation earlier, we were, yeah. right? About people want to get in real estate, but they always think you got to be the flipper, the mm-hmm. landlord, the developer. Mm-hmm. The No, you can be transactional, mm-hmm. right? Start off doing transactions, learning the game, building up your income and lead to that. So I think that's a perfect rant. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the gym is going to be what we've been talking about all day. Uh, don't be afraid to go after something where you bring the opportunity to the table and just focus on going out to find the other people that have the other key components that you need to get that deal done. Don't try to figure it all out yourself. And be humble. Don't get in a room with people that could possibly help you and act like you got it all together. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, because they're going to look at you like, oh, all right, buddy, let me know when it's done. You know, yeah. and, and other, in, 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 in the real world, you should say, this is where I have problems. I look up to you. This is maybe I would wonder. If, if there's something I can do to get you on the team to make this a win-win situation so that we can close this deal together. Mm-hmm. Humility. Get humility. Right, man. Yes. Right. That was a gem. Yeah. A major gem. Big gem. Yeah. Tell them how to find you, Chris. All right. So Chris Senegal on, on all platforms, YouTube, uh, mainly on Instagram. And I com- I'm coming out with this course, guys, I want y'all to pay attention to. It's also about new construction the way I did it. I'm not a contractor. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, know anything about that industry. But I, I use that same principle, that same model, and that's how I built those townhomes I was talking about earlier. And so I want more of us to be able to do it in our community, so we have to focus on flipping so much. If he can do it, we all can do it. Absolutely. Oh, at, at the end of the day. And let me know when that next project is, please, because I'm not missing this boat. All right? So, <laughs> so look, Listen, I appreciate you guys. I missed the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the opportunity. Opportunity cost, right? I lost out a piece of that $2 million, And it's probably going to be $10 million when it's all said and done. But whatever. Right. All right. So we're gonna wrap this up. We appreciate y'all. Shout out to our sponsor, Andre Barad, for this for sponsoring this event. And it's fitting because it's you know Houston's in the building. Right. All right. Yeah. So um again, this is Matt Garland, NMLS number five eight seven zero zero, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. And my name is Kiana Watson, broker extraordinaire, license number three one seven five seven six. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Rants and Gems Show. Peace. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens, word the mother like. Speed my rants and gems. Speed my rants and gems. Y'all can do it, we discover. Peace to all the kings and the queens, word the mother like. 
be my rants and gems. I'm so NY like MG rocking his Tim's. Uh, or Kiana representing Atlanta. We talking everything that's real estate. Y'all peeping the gram, I'm saying. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.